Welcome to the seventh episode of Cocktails and Culture podcast, where we enjoy some cocktails and have fun with the culture. This episode will start off a bit different. Um, As always, I always want to express my appreciation for all the support that I've received and all of the listeners. I'm constantly getting new people who are new fans to the podcast, and I'm forever grateful. I'm even more grateful for the feedback and constructive criticism that I receive. When someone gives me a piece of advice or gives me their input, I don't just cast it aside. I am brand new to this entire world that is social media as far as putting out content consistently and this whole podcast thing. So any advice or any little gems someone wants to provide to me, I'm definitely taking it in because that makes me better. Now, out of all of my listeners, my number one fan, cheerleader, number one supporter is my mother. And she brought something up specifically about last week's episode that I had to address. Uh, She literally told me that I probably said the word bitch and hoe at least 30 times. And my mother she feels that since I have such a expansive vocabulary, which I do, and that I shouldn't rely on excessive vulgarity for entertainment or even worse, just some shock value, which I don't think I do, but she took it as this is why I'm saying it so much. And I do take her opinion and her outlook very seriously. So this podcast is going to start a bit different. Um, I'm going to take her into consideration and I just don't want to move forward with cursing as much and I definitely want to try to clean it up so I definitely want to let my mom know I heard you and this is for you my mother is going to kill me so if I show up missing my mother murdered me This week, (laughs) look, I know it's a lot at times, but shit, like, the fuck? I love you, mom. This week, we will continue with building your at-home bar, obviously touch base on the culture, and then talk about what we had talked about last week, and that's just friendship after the age of 30 and the top 10 offensive things. To make you kind of stop wanting to be friends with someone or a trait that makes you kind of want to second guess continuing a friendship. Um, so we'll definitely recap the number 10 through 7 that we did last week. Now, as far as what I'm drinking, for some reason, I decided to engage in one of those workplace weight loss challenges. Why, I do not know. Um, because me personally, I think... My day-to-day eating habits are pretty decent, and I try to get to the gym at minimum three times a week, so I feel like I'm all right, but I'm in a new department. I'm working around new people. I do want to try to be a team player, so I'm starting to make more calorie-conscious cocktails. I don't like the term skinny cocktails. That shit just seems mad douchey, and I'm sorry, but... No disrespect to people who are naturally skinny, but I don't want to be fucking skinny. Like I had that phase in undergrad where I was like trying to lose weight and I got down to like 150 and I'm 5'10 for those who don't know. And I went from getting the, the responses went from, oh, wow, you've been working out and oh, wow, you look good to, are you okay? You don't look good. Like, are, is everything all right? Like when people start asking you about like, like when you're friends and we're in college and your regular asshole douchey friends are just like, are you okay? And they're showing sincere concern. That's when you have to rethink things. So I don't look good skinny, apparently, whatever. So I'm not trying to get skinny. I like to be strong, but I just want to be in better shape because I'm not trying to be 45 years old and can't walk up a fucking flight of stairs. So with all that being said, don't be surprised if you're seeing these um, cocktails on the Instagram page at cocktails and culture one that's at cocktails and culture at the number one. And you're seeing them where they're, you know, 150 calories or less. And that's what I'm really striving to do. The problem is, isn't just, you make one cocktail that's calorie conscious. The problem is you have five of them motherfuckers. 
to new listeners, I do not edit out my drinking. This is cocktails. This is culture. I'm drinking. Drink along. It's awesome. We're pals at this point. So I decided to make a, bear with me. It's a jalapeno star fruit margarita. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like I used to get star fruit a lot back in Indiana and they are just so much more scarce in California. Why? I don't know. But I saw one. I was like, fuck, seems good to me. So it's actually not that difficult. I um, grabbed a couple of slices of star fruit, a couple of slices of lime and a couple of slices of jalapeno. And then I went ahead and added about an ounce of fresh lime juice. And I just muddled that in. Now, sidebar, make sure your star fruit is really ripe because when it's ripe, the juice is released easy. When it's not so ripe, you're not going to get the star fruit flavor in the cocktail, which defeats the whole purpose. So you want to muddle that up, release all the juices. And then I went ahead and added an ounce and a half of silver tequila. I did add Espelon. I ran out of Patron, but I like Espelon. It's a good silver tequila. So I added about an ounce and a half of that, which it is calorie conscious because For an ounce and a half, it's about 97 calories. And then I went ahead and added a half ounce of agave nectar. And that's about 60 calories. And then I just shake and strain on rice. And there you go. Um, I enjoy it. I'm not a big tequila person, but tequila is great. And we will actually talk about tequila later in this podcast. But... As always, whatever I'm drinking during the podcast, it will be posted on the Instagram page. You can get a good look at it. You'll see the recipe. I always encourage everyone to try something. I always do. Now, speaking of the liquor, um, what I've been doing throughout this entire process of the podcast is I've been giving you instructions on how to build your at-home bar. So last week we did go over the importance of gin and I even had one of my followers actually convert. Like she was very anti-gin. She had the gin makes you sin line. She only drank the bumpy face. Bumpy face is Seagram's because Seagram's has those bumps on the bottle. So when you hear people say, I don't fuck with that bumpy face, that's Seagram's. But we don't fucking do Seagram's at all. Okay, if you can buy your liquor, with the $5 bill, you shouldn't be drinking that shit. Not at this day and age. No, no, ma'am. So um, she actually drank what we refer to as the Friday night special. Um, and that's with Jen St. Germain, which is my shit, and lime juice. And she loves it. This is someone who like fought me along the way. And I was like, look, bitch. Get the fucking shit and try it. It's going to change everything. When you buy a great a great level of spirit and you make it the right way with fresh ingredients, it's going to be good. Because the last time, cause, because we all had that experience, that, I'm sorry, that bad experience with a specific liquor. Well, I don't fuck with this or I don't fuck with that. Yeah, because you were 19, you drank it to excess and you probably paired it with a Fago or something stupid like that. Of course, it's going to be fucking gross. You know, you didn't have someone putting mint and lime juice and, and juniper berries and you didn't have none of that shit. So it makes a difference. So if you're going to be, you can't be stuck in that box as to the point where you're like, I'm not drinking this because of, unless you have some serious health reason why you can't drink a certain spirit where there's some allergic reaction, there's no valid reason why you can't drink it. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us have fallen down on the sidewalk. That doesn't mean we stop taking the fucking sidewalk when we go outside. No, you get up and you, you know, you persevere. And this is what I'm trying to do with, with, with this whole cocktails and culture thing. Now, so all of these negative connotations, these notions you've had about specific liquors, you gotta, you gotta let that go. We are not here to be closed minded. I mean, you can't even become a fucking Jedi if you don't open your mind and yourself to the universe. And I'm not going to steer you wrong. I I am out here doing the legwork. I'm drinking shit. I'm trying different shit. I'm spending my money, our money, on all these things to try to bring them to you. I'm not going to steer you wrong. I'm not. I'm like the fucking Qui-Gon Jinn. Get it? 
Qui-Gon Jinn. <clears throat> I'm sorry, whatever. Um, so let's keep going with the liquor. And <laughs> since I'm drinking it today, we're gonna go ahead and go with tequila. She goes kind of hard a little bit. I'm gonna play that later. Um, like all people, I dread the smell of tequila at times. Like last night, I had someone over or had people over, I was making drinks and I wanted to make a certain cocktail. And I said, Let's get some tequila popping. And I opened that bottle and I was like, Fuck that shit. Hell no. Like I, it just, it sends shivers down my spine because we've all been there. We've been out having a good time and some fucking dreadful monster says, Hey, you want to do a shot of tequila? And your body says, Jesus, no, but you do it anyway. And then it's fucking lights out the rest of the night. Like I get it, but it is a good spirit to have on deck at your out home bar. It is, it's a staple. You can make margaritas, you can make palomas, you can make all these different shit. Even though it's a seasonal, these are seasonal cocktails, you want to be able to say, if I feel like making this, I fucking can. And nothing says a summer day like a delicious margarita. And if you buy a bottle of tequila in March, it's going to last you throughout the entire summer. It really is unless you have a fucking party. You buy yourself a nice 750 milliliter bottle. You're the only one drinking it or no one else is drinking it in your home. It's going to last you. So it's worth the time. I'm totally for it. Um, so as far as what tequila to buy. Don't buy that cheap shit. Don't. Like I am serious as fuck. Like we got to. We have to stop doing that shit. I mean I know we all have to work within our means. And no one's saying go and drop $75 on a bottle of tequila. Like no. But. Jose Cuevo is garbage, or to be more appropriate, it's basura, straight up. A 700, I'm sorry, 750 milliliter, bo milliliter ugh, bottle of uh, Jose, it's like $21.99, that's retail. And a 750 milliliter bottle of Espelon is $23.99. It's a $2 difference, but I know everyone wants to go for what they know, but what you know is fucking stupid and it's the wrong thing. And this is why you're here listening to me. It's done. We're, we're not doing that shit anymore. Um, the big difference between the garbage tequilas and the good tequilas is the agave. Um, the agave is actual plant. It's a succulent. It's like, you know what a fucking succulent is. It's like a cactus type thing, whatever. I don't know how to describe it, but the actual root of it, that's how they get the tequila. And Obviously, all tequilas have some amount of agave nectar, or excuse me, of agave in it, but not all tequilas have 100% agave. So that's what you should look for when buying tequila. That's going to be the difference between you feeling good the next day and you feeling like utter shit. Because if you see a bottle and it's not 100% agave, don't get it. Even if it's 98% agave, that means that other 2% is a bunch of additives they're putting in to fill the rest. So it could be other flavor. It could be other flavors or it could be sugar or any kind of fucking bullshit they want to put in there to possibly fucking give you cancer. So let's look at the bottle. We're all trying to elevate. We're all trying to get better. You get a bottle of tequila. Look at that fucking bottle. If it doesn't say 100% agave, don't get it. I don't care if it's on sale or not. You're, you're, you're drinking your life away. You don't need that. So Jose 1800, let that shit go. Now Patron, and I know Patron is a great tequila, but with me living in Southern California and especially me being part of La Raza now, I can honestly say Patron, it is overrated. It is. It ain't the best tequila that I've had. It isn't just because you see, like, especially within the culture, we automatically go for Patron if we want to buy a decent bottle of tequila and we got to let that shit go. It ain't the best. It's okay. It's like a seven. Now, aside for es from Espelon, my favorite tequila is Centenario and I like it. 
And guess what? It's like $27. It's still under 30 bucks. That's what I'm trying to say. You go buy a 750 milliliter bottle of Patron. It's what, $40, $50 on some spaces. So work smarter, not harder. And once again, you're here listening to me because I'm telling you that you don't have to spend that extra money. Like, do we, we always want quality? That's great. But that price tag don't automatically mean it's going to be better. That's how they got us fucking fooled. Am I getting too deep right now? But it's true. My favorite wine that I drink is from Target. And that shit costs $5. Maybe because I don't know shit about wine, but whatever. But it, the taste and the quality, doesn't it doesn't have to cost $50, $60, So what I challenge everyone to do is if you're going to say, okay, I'm listening to her. I'm going to build my at-home bar. I'm going to get a bottle of tequila. Don't buy Patron. And even if you're not building an at-home bar, let's say you're going to a cookout, it's spring, Easter, all that shit's popping up. Don't buy, don't buy Patron. And it's not a cancel hashtag, don't buy Patron. I'm saying that challenge yourself to step outside the box. So don't buy Patron, buy something else. You want my recommendation, Espelon or Centenario? It's one of the two. Espelon is very common. You see it all the fucking time. Challenge yourself. Now, With with the with tequila, there's going to be three different options. It's going to be uh, the Blanco, that's the silver, uh, the Anejo, and the Raspado. The difference between all three is just the aging process, the coloring, and the flavor. Um, I don't like the richness of like an, an, an Anejo. I don't. It's like an orangish, orangish tint. I'm I'm not I'm not here for it. I'm not. Like, I like my spirits to have a little bit of flavor and taste, but I don't want it to overpower and take over anything else that I'm going to add in. Now, if you're spending a lot of money and you want a really good barrel-aged tequila, then you don't want it to pair with shit else. So I get it. But I'm not at that point in my fucking life yet. I'm making cocktails, huh? So at this point, we have rum, gin, and tequila. Boom, if you're following it, you have a nice little stash. And obviously next podcast, next week, we're going to go over the other liquor you need to build your at-home bar. Now, getting to the culture. I'm not going to do what mainstream media has done and just ignore the fact that after the quote-unquote documentary about Michael Jackson's accusers has to some extent been proven to be false. And I've touched on this previously about my theory about Michael Jackson and all this extra shit, but one of the accusers had an account of his abuse and it took place at a train station in 93. I believe it was at Neverland Rancher in that area. And apparently that location wasn't even built in 93. So I'm like, shame on fucking HBO. Like, if I'm sitting here telling you, yeah, this happened at this location, you don't have fact checkers to say, okay, does it check out? Does it stand? He's saying all this disgusting shit happened at a train station and that shit wasn't even constructed when it happened. It didn't even fucking exist. It's the, it's like, I swear if HBO didn't have Game of Thrones, I would cancel them. Because I don't like that. That's that's a that's that's a that's a huge lack of journalistic integrity to just let someone come out and say whatever the fuck they want to say, and you're not cross referencing any of it. You literally just taking these schmucks at their fucking word. And let me tell you, I'm not gonna discount anyone's experience or doubt anyone's accusations because everyone deserves to be heard. But these guys have said it and they recanted and said it and they recounted consistently over and over again. This is what they fucking do. So I would have been a little bit more skeptical about this whole thing being put together. I would have actually did my due diligence because this shit is like, but now they're saying, okay, well, he was mistaken about that part. So the rest, the rest is, you know, the rest checks out like, no, the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. I'm not like the lack of integrity in that documentary was pathetic. I would. And I mean, but winter's coming. So 
I got to deal with HBO. But, because <laughs> Mike is gone. Mike is gone, but winter is fucking coming on the morrow. So, I have to deal with them. I'm really excited about Game of Thrones. I really am. And I know I've been talking about a Game of Thrones theme pot episode of the podcast, but I don't want to do it alone. I just have to find another fucking nerd to get on with me. We can go back and forth about our theories because I have a lot of theories. I have a lot. And then we can go all the way in. But, yeah. That shit was sloppy as fuck. HBO should be ashamed of themselves. I just didn't, I just was like, but you see how this shit works. When that, when that documentary, quote unquote, dropped, everybody was talking about it. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? And then all these things are coming out where it's like, well, that wasn't correct. Or that, that, that couldn't have happened because X, Y, and Z. And no one's reporting it. And she went fucking over too. Like, I, I, I expected better from her. I really did. I don't know what purpose she served by having them on, especially when, I'm pretty sure she has some of the best and brightest working for her. They didn't catch up on that shit either. Like, yo, maybe they shouldn't be the ones. Like, no. Very disappointed. So shame on them. Um, Moving on to our topic. We are fucking smooth as eggs right now. Balls smooth as eggs. I am feeling myself. Last week, we started the countdown of the top 10 traits and behaviors. Uh, that will make you rethink hanging out with someone. Now, I would love for you to go back to episode six and listen and get caught up. Yes. Not only to save time, but I need you to support. Also, let's take a pause. If you're listening on Apple, iTunes, rate and review this, please. If you're on Spotify, subscribe. I'm not going to be one of those people, no shade, no tea, all shade, that... I'll make an episode and then you don't hear from me for like three weeks. Like I'm at a point right now where I have this momentum where I'm going to keep giving you shit. So I need you to get into this. So get into it. Enjoy it. And let's start, shall we? So. Number 10, toxicity. Hurt people hurt. The people that when you're done interacting with them, you feel worse as a person. Misery loves company 100%. That's it. So that's number 10. Number nine, doing the fucking most. The people that are so extra that it's just exhausting. They're always posting all of their fucking business on social media, even though they shouldn't. Every event in their life is a whole fucking travesty. It's a fucking mini-series. It's like the fucking Jackson Family American Dream mini-series. Like, everything has to be to the max. Like, you know exactly who I'm talking about, and you know exactly what I mean. Everyone knows that person where you, like, pull up your Instagram, and there they fucking go with the shits. They're on Facebook with the shits. You talk to them, and it's always a thing. Number eight, your friend not being able to be faithful to their significant other. This one is a huge gem because if they cannot be faithful to their significant other, then what does that say about them? That's a huge character flaw. Like you're laying down in the bed with someone day in, day out, lying to their fucking face. So what the fuck? So who am I? So what does that mean about me? (laughs) If you could lie to that person and you guys are having sex. So who am I then? Who to say you won't be next? Like, I I had to learn that shit the hard way on my own. And I once again, last week's episode, I addressed that pretty heavy. That I can't deal with someone who's not faithful to their significant other. Or and or we're all adults. If you want to cheat, let that be your business. But if I know about it, I can't get down with it. I can't. It's it's a huge rule. It's like it's like that rule that you can never date a guy who hates his mother. And spare me the whole, you don't know their relationship type shit. Like, you cannot interact with your mother. You cannot have a relationship with her. But if a guy genuinely hates his mother, that is a whole ass red flag. Like, if you you say, oh, well, you know, how's your relationship with your mother? Fuck that bitch. Oh, okay. Well, let me just get my stuff and go. Absolutely not. Like, you in danger, girl. Like, he's going to kick you down a flight of stairs because the rents fucking do. Like... All because he ain't had no fucking hug. And also, mommy issues are worse than daddy issues. Fight me, at me, DM me if you want to. That's a whole fact. There are so many women out there who have some type of hang up about daddy issues. I have some too. I really do. Well, we try to work on that to 
we can still actually get along with people and be halfway decent human beings. Guys with mommy issues, them motherfuckers are in the fucking bell tower somewhere taking down people. They are fucking nuts. So, nah, I cannot. So if you want to be free, be free. But don't drag someone else along with you just to hurt them just because you feel like it. So, fuck that shit. Number seven, selfishness. That person who, it's like the one-upper. That person who needs it all to be about them, that Mr. Me Too, that person that can't let you be great in your success because they have to remind you of what they have going on or or they need you to cater to them at all times. Like, friendship needs to be reciprocated. I cannot support you all the time in your life and in your endeavors and when I look to you for the same support you fucking ghost because you have more important things to do that's bullshit fuck that shit so you definitely can't deal with someone who's selfish that me 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 if you if you if you have an event if you're having a party if you have something I'm there but when I turn around or I always have to reach out to you to communicate that's the one that gets me it's a long drink that one was good every time we talk i'm the one who's reaching out and the thing is in an in, in a friendship where it's where it's natural and it, and it flows and it's organic you, you don't really realize that you're the one reaching out all the time until you realize you're the one reaching out all the time like for real, like when you're looking at your call log or your text messages and you're the one who's always initiating the conversation, that's not a friendship. That's you being selfish and me just giving, giving you the attention that you fucking deserve or they do little things to get your attention. You know, you the people who go on Facebook and go, you know, I'm logging off Facebook for a while. Don't call or text me. I can't stand that shit. Like, yo, if you want to get fucking ghost, if you want to just go and disappear and reflect and just take a break from social media, I get that shit. I respect that shit. But to have this make big production about you exiting social media and telling people don't call or text me, like, fuck that shit. Just go ghost. And if someone calls or texts you, just don't respond. Why do you have to tell people that? Because guess what? The normal human response is to say, hey, sis, you okay? Oh, bro, man, what's going on? That's what you want. It's all about you. It's like, fuck that shit. Like, that's just a, 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 a just, that's some two-year-old shit. I can't stand that shit. And we've all seen that shit. We still see that shit. Yo, if you're listening to this podcast right now and that's you, fucking stop it. If you want to get ghosts, get ghosts. If you want to recenter your chakras, do that shit. But you don't have to make a whole fucking stage play. Do a whole My Fair Lady about the shit. You ain't got to do all that. Fucking Porgy and Bess and shit. No. <sighs> I, ugh, Jesus Christ. Like fucking Phantom Friends. That's, that's what we should call them. The selfish people. Hashtag Phantom Friends. You're a Phantom. I know you're there in a way, but when I need you, you're just gone. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Ugh. So... That's down to number seven. So let's get to the rest. Now, number six, I know I talked about doing the most, but we have to talk about doing the least, the bare minimum, the C student of friendships. You just show up and that's enough. That's satisfactory level shit. Like, let's get this straight and reiterate. Friendships post 30 are a different ball game. Most of us, if you're doing it right, are miles away from our childhood friends or we just have so many other aspects of our lives that require so much more attention you know with significant others careers kids etc whatever and the stakes are just higher so coasting is just not enough I need your energy and it's not about being like selfish or I need your attention it's just I need to know that you're there when I need you I need that and sometimes it's not that deep like if you say we're grabbing drinks and I'm like, cool, we're going to go to happy hour and you wear some motherfucking flip-flops and shit. Like, why do you look dry? Why don't you want to put forth an effort? That shit kills my buzz every fucking time. When I'm going out with a girl and I'm thinking we're about to do some cute shit and she show up looking like she's been working, working on cars and shit. Like, why the fuck you look 
like that for? You just woke up? You depressed? You going through something? We need to go to your house? And it's not a girl thing. Like, fellas, straight up, if you going somewhere to grab beers with your friend and he shows up looking like the old man up the street that fixes carburetors all day, you can be like, what? Like, try. I need you to try. I need you to give me something. Nah. <laughs> the, or, or the people who just, when you do text them, it's just one word answers. One word responses. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Hey, how are you? How have you been? I'm all right. Okay, so, you know, how's the family? They all right. Fuck you. Okay? I need something. It's reciprocal. You are, you, do you answer the phone or do you respond to the text messages? You do. But you don't give me shit else. That's doing the least. That is. And I ain't got time for that. Because as friends at this age, we genuinely care about our friends. We do. And I'm interested in your life and in your daily activities. So if I'm taking the time away from my job and my family out here to reach out to you, you should have the decency and you should be in the consideration to be able to respond in kind. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Work's going well. How are you? Is that fucking easy? It really truly is. And I'm really trying to not eat the star fruit in my cocktail because I love star fruit. But I don't want to be eating on the fucking podcast. That's just tacky. Not going to do it. So we can't be doing the least. Like I just. It's like it's like pulling fucking teeth. You have to drag them to be where you are to do anything. We have that friend who never wants to go out, never wants to do anything, who never answers their fucking phone. And they, and I'm look, not talking on the phone is fine, but if I call you, answer the fucking phone. I hate that excuse. Well, I don't like talking on the phone, or you know, I don't like texting. Well, you better you better pick something. I better fucking hear from you. Because once again, the stakes are higher. You don't get that pass just because I've known you for X amount of time that you can just do the least and still think you're going to be around around me for the next the next following 10, 20 years. And that brings us to number five in fucking entitlement. You don't automatically get to be in my space because I've known you for so long or because we've had a life experience together. That means that you just can be a fucking dirtbag. You can be a tool about the shit. And and I see this so many times with friends where it's like, your friend is a piece of shit. Your friend, he has six kids by five different women. And he still expects for you to invite him to your house for cookouts. The fuck? Where you get that pass from? You ain't shit. I don't need you around me. And you don't get a pass. You still have to perform. You still have to, like, when you don't perform adequately at your job even though you've been at the job for 10 years they will fucking fire you and the same goes for friendships you don't get to be here just because i've known you and i have friends that i've known for years but we don't talk because they aren't meeting my qualifications they doing the fucking least they're selfish so you don't get to be here I don't care. I don't care if I've known you since I was four or five years old. You don't get to be here. And we all have to make that mindset up because a lot of us have been conditioned to, oh, well, you've known them for so long. Nigga, and I need to delete that. I'm sorry. But I don't like that shit. I don't fuck with that shit at all. You get no passes around here. Everybody got to work. We got to put in work. Sorry. And a lot of friends are entitled. Once again, that's a trait where you're going to be like, you know, what? I don't think I need to be around you anymore because you're not doing, you're, 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 you're doing the very least. And you still expect for me to just to be around. You still expect the dynamics of our relationship to be the same. And that's not cool at all. Fuck that shit. And that falls into Number four, and this came from one of the followers from the At Cocktails and Culture, the number one page on Instagram. Um, one of my old friends, A Dallas 50, that's A Dallas 50, and she said it right. 
nothing is worse than seeing someone you know who has no get up and go. They get up and go and got up and went. That's no motivation. And especially when there's so many people who are first generation, second generation of their family to go to college and go away. You're going to know people who didn't go off to school. You know, the ones when you graduated high school and you went off to school and they fucking stayed home. And then when you had all these adventures and crazy stories and experiences and you come home better, hopefully they out here, they do a shit. And I, and I would tell my brother this because he was enlisted in the Navy and he would go to Japan. He would go to Dubai and he would come back home to Indiana and the same motherfuckers he used to run with back in high school, they are in the exact same place they were before then. Like these people, they gonna be at where you leave them. You left them here on the block, you come back, they're gonna be right back there on that exact same block. No motivation. Especially when you've been friends with someone for so long that you know their potential. You know that what, what they can achieve, but they still prefer to just remain where they've been. I've had friends like that that I've had to let go too. And, 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 and that shit, I'm getting fucking personal. I, I have a really, really, really good friend. Some of the smartest people I know. But they chose to chase dick and not chase checks. So guess what? <laughs> now you out here, I'm not even going to look. I'm not even about to get with it and get into the shit. But, but, but you don't want to. And once again, no, like we're all not going to achieve to be Elon Musk. We all can't do it. And that's fine. But everybody, you just want your people to be the best people they can possibly be. Or at least try to. And when you ain't fucking trying, nah, I'm not okay with that. I'm sorry. We we should all be making salaries now. Why are you out here making $13 an hour? Why are you okay with working at the gas station? Why are you okay with working at the fucking gas station? Why are you okay? You're old as shit. And especially people you've been friends with. And most of the time, people you've been friends with, they have been afforded, if not the exact same, but similar opportunities as you. So you know what they can do and what they can't do. Like me, myself, personally, I grew up in the fucking suburbs. So uh, my circle of friends, they are suburban kids. There's no reason why you should be out here doing the worst, struggling and shit. When you come from a two-parent household and they work really hard to send you through school and you decided to say, fuck it. I'm going to just do nothing. And don't give me that bullshit where it's like, oh, well, you know, they're having a rough time. That's what people with no motivation do. They try to Jedi mind trick you. This is why you have to keep your mind open to the universe. Keep an open mind. You can catch shit like this. They try to Jedi mind trick you into thinking that, oh, well, I'm, I, life isn't fair. And they make those excuses. Well, I can't do this. Well, I can't do that. Yes, the fuck you can. You can do anything you put your fucking mind to. You just got to fucking do it. And everyone always falls for it. Well, you know, their mom got sick. That's why they didn't go off to school. And then, you know, they, you know, they they weren't making enough money. So they couldn't, you know, move, move, move out the house. Or they could, and it's all, and it just builds up and builds up to the point where it's like, okay, well, now you're 37 years old and you work at Dollar Tree. And once again, no shade to people who work at Dollar Tree, but you know your people, you know your friends. And if you know your friend has the potential to do better than that, if you're not going to settle for that for yourself, then we should, we should all hold our friends to the standard where we know they can achieve. Hold everybody accountable for their bullshit. If you, once again, this is the Ayala quote. If you're not telling your friends the truth, it's a betrayal. So if you letting them slide and fall and at least, and don't get me wrong. No one's saying you got to babysit motherfuckers. But if you out here, you seeing someone just not fucking trying it to you, say, yo, let's do this. And that shit ain't even about just financially. Like, fuck. Like, every, look, if your friend out here getting fat as fuck, you got to fucking tell them. Let's get to the gym, bitch. <coughs> Bring your big ass. You were a size eight when I met you, and now you're 16. Let's fucking go. We all should we all should in some way strive to be, if not our best selves, but a better version. And it's kind of easy just to do that. And if you have a friend who ain't trying to do that shit, then what the fuck do you think that's gonna happen with you? I say all the time, you never see a crackhead and a CEO just kicking it on the block unless the CEO is a fucking crackhead. But that crackhead ain't never going to be no fucking CEO. The CEO has to come down to their level. 
that crackhead can't really aspire. And I don't give a fuck about no fucking motivational talks about, oh, yeah, you can, you can beat. No, fuck that. Shut up. I'm not talking about that. So if your friend's out here doing bad, but willingly actively doing bad, you think that you think your friendship's going to last with them? If you're doing well? No, it's not. So we always have to try to be active to bring our friends along with us and try to try to help. But if they're not willing to take any help and if they don't want to do better, you got to leave them where the fuck they at. And I guarantee you, when you circle back to where they at, they going to be there. Boom. Number three, loyalty. This comes from a college friend at Dangerously Glam. We, we touched on this one, number eight. That if your friend isn't loyal to their significant other, then how can they be loyal to you? Because loyalty is a fucking pattern. It is. If you're not loyal to no one else, I'm not going to expect for you to be loyal to me. You're not loyal to your mom. You're not loyal to your dad. You're not loyal to, to your wife. I'm not going to expect that shit. Like, you're crazy if you expect them to be loyal to only you. What have you done that's different from everyone else that's going to warrant a different type of behavior? That's not how that shit works. Like... It's like if you're a thief and you steal from everyone else, that means that I'm just supposed to let you in my house alone. Oh, fuck that shit. You stole from them, you're going to steal from me. That's exactly how we need to look at loyalty. If you're not loyal to anyone else in your life, then you're not going to be loyal to me. Nah, ho. <laughs> Hell fucking no. I'm not doing that. It's pretty cut and dry for me, like honestly. And more importantly, we have to also understand that things like loyalty... You don't realize it until it comes it until it comes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you don't really know someone's loyal until that loyalty becomes challenged, and then you know, which is quite unfortunate. And that's why you don't really know someone's loyalty for new friendships. Because like the people that I've been friends with just the last several years, there's not a lot of things that are gonna come into play where our loyalty is tested. But then people that you've known for 10 or 20 years, that loyalty has been tested. And they have to remain loyal to you. And it's not even about against someone else. It's just about in life. Does your friend have your best interest at heart? Do they want to see you win? Are you first before the strangers? That's what loyalty is. I need you to be loyal to me. I need to, I need to believe that if anything happens, that I know I can count on you. And I can 100% wholeheartedly say that. I know that all of my friends are loyal to me. If, 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 if I had a, if I questioned any of my people's loyalty, they wouldn't be my people. And that's something you got to understand. If you got a friend that you think that if your back was against the wall and they wouldn't be there for you, you need to, I'm never here to tell someone what they can or can't do or what to do or what not to do, except for cocktails. But socially, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll tell you this. If you can a hundred percent have faith in the loyalty of your friends, you need to rethink the whole shebang. That whole operation, re-fucking think it. Look at it, pause, hmm, rethink that shit. You should be able to close your eyes around your people. I mean, that's what I think, shit. What do I know? I just had the same group of friends for the last 30 years. Not 30, it's like 27. 27 years, same people. And that's an accountability. Actually, excuse me. <coughs> sidebar. If you know someone who ain't got no fucking friends, look at them sideways. Like, it's one thing if someone has like one or two friends and they're like, oh, I don't run with big a lot of people. I don't have a big circle. Cool, I get that. But if someone ain't got no fucking friends, tread fucking lightly. I'm dead ass serious. You ain't got no friends. You ain't got nobody. Then something's up. So I am definitely a proponent of loyalty, but it's one of those things where it's like either you have it or you don't. And you see it pretty fucking quickly. It's not a slow reveal, loyalty. It just takes one moment to realize this motherfucker ain't down for me. At all. Watch out for that one. Number two, we are flowing through these, Jesus. Number two is, re re excuse me, reliability. You have got to be fucking 
there for me. And it, it, it's like, not only if I, not only if I need you to, to, if I need money and not even that, but if I'm in a pinch and I need to talk to someone, I need to vent, I got to feel like I should be able to call you. And once again, we're all post 30. Well, most of my listeners are, and we all have lives and other things, but I, I should have that comfort to know if I do call you within a day or two, you're going to call me back. You're reliable. If you're saying you're going to come visit, you're going to come visit and vice versa. If I'm going to come visit you, you're going to be there. Reliable as I know you got me and I got you. That's fucking important. If you can't be friends with someone who's like a deadbeat dad, where you're standing outside waiting for them to come and they never fucking come. That's just exhausting. It's mentally draining and it's a, t- it's a point of toxicity too. If you just never are fucking there or never are fucking available. I can't count on you for shit. That's the worst thing when something happens. And once again, reliability and loyalty are one and the same, meaning that you don't realize they don't have it or they don't have those traits until something happens. Where it's like, fuck, I got a flat tire and I'm in the middle of nowhere and AAA is saying they're going to take five hours to get to me. And my homie is like two hours away. Can I call you and can you come get me? If you have, if you have a friend that's not reliable, you don't need to be fucking friends with them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, oh, but I've known them for so long. Why are they entitled? That's always the excuse you hear when someone, when you ask someone, why are you friends with this toxic person, with this selfish person, with this person who does the least, they bring it back to, I've known them for so long. They're not entitled to shit. None of us are in this life. A lot of motherfuckers out here holding their head up high, acting like old white men and shit. That's the, that's the entitlement a lot of people have. You don't get shit around here. You don't. You got to work for everything and reliability is just another facet of being a friend. But if you are a friend to someone and you really genuinely care about someone to have consideration, you're going to be there for them. If they need you, you are. This just is what it is. And sometimes being reliable and being there for someone, it does mean going out of your way at times. It doesn't mean spending an extra hour on the phone because they want to just vent about a really rough time they're going through and not an attention type of rough time but an act of like they've had some, some, some traumatic shit happen and they really need you and you have to take time out of your day to give to them. That's what, that's what reliability is. I know I can call you. I know I can text you. Reliability is key. (laughs) The fuck else? Okay. So we're almost at number one, but I do want to get some honorable mentions out the way. That didn't quite make the top 10, but they're still pretty good. Uh, the person who stuck in the past. Look, no shade, all the fucking shade. I'm not fucking with no hoes who done peaked in high school. If high school was your best time in your life and that was a time where you were shining and grinding and that was your claim to fame and it's now 13 years later and that was still the things you recap about, fuck you, yo. Like, we all should, once again, it's all about progress. It's all about moving forward. It's all about refinement. It's all about getting better. So we all should try to be better than we were the the year before. There are a lot of motherfuckers who are stuck in 2006. They are stuck in 2003. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And y'all know, you know the people that are like that. Like, guys, there was this guy I knew in high school, I swear to God, no one ever seen him dribble a basketball, but he would tell you how he used to be the best hooper in the fucking state. And I'm like, when? I say this shit all the time, but there's somebody who would tell you, oh, you know, when I was in high school, I used to do that. Okay, fine, great. What the, who the fuck cares? What about now? What about it? Like you used to play basketball in high school and you're really good, but you weigh 320 pounds and you're all of 5'11". So what the fuck are you talking about? Who cares? What about now? Or you know what, you hit a really good lick in your early 20s and you had money and shit was going really well and now you are fucking, you're the popper. From the Prince and the Popper, Popper, P-A-U-P-E-R. Come on, keep up. But now you're a popper. Like, let's not live in the past. 
no matter how good or no matter how bad shit was. And there are people who just, and maybe that's why therapy is so important because you can't just hold on to old, old trauma. Do better. I'm not trying to hear about the same shit that happened 20 years ago. I'm really not. Like if I can get over my bullshit and my own trauma and take my baggage to the recycling bin and just dump it out and keep it moving. Look, if you need help, let's get help. But shut the fuck up. I don't like people who do, who, who are stuck in the past. I can't stand it. Oh my God. Like it's always a delight. And it's always fun to reminisce. I do. I have a lot of friends that I have from back in middle, middle school and high school. You know, social media, we key key and shit. And it's great. Shout out to Megan Nichols, by the way. Oh shit. That's not her real name anymore. Megan, I'm sorry. I don't know your married name, girl. Or I do, but I don't know how to pronounce it. But Megan's the homie. She always supports. And we kiki about old times. And we have a really, really good time. But we're not stuck there. I'm not stuck at that one moment in time. And I'm just rehashing and going back to that. Like, tell me some new shit. Tell me a new joke. What else is going on? Have you not accomplished or achieved anything since then? And guess what? This is why it's an honorable mention because most people that are stuck in the past are the people who have no motivation. They haven't achieved or accomplished anything new. So they're stuck there. So fuck that. Another honorable mention, cheapskates. The Double Minority Podcast, which they're fucking hilarious. Um, One half of them commented that People who have T-Rex arms and they can never reach for their wallet. Look, that's entitlement right there. With really good friendships, you know if your friend is is well off or not. And sometimes you do have a friend who's doing really well for themselves. That don't mean shit. Just because my homie is making really good money, that don't mean when I go out, I expect him to pay. Actually, pause. I'm sorry. As a married woman, no. But back when I was single, I'm going to keep this shit real 100 one of my really, really, really close friends, he was making six figures early, like early, early in our 20s. Yes, I expected him to pay every fucking time. Fuck you, dude. You make more money. And I knew his shit. He was, he was, he, he wasn't paying rent. He didn't have a car note, no kids. Oh, you buying all these drinks. Fuck you. But aside from that, everyone else, no. Like, I, I'm sorry. And, and more importantly, being cheap, cheap. You know that person you go out with at the club, and this is not a California thing, this is definitely a Midwestern East Coast thing, where you go out to the club and it's it's cold outside, everyone comes to the club and, and they're wearing coats, and coat check is like $10, so they say they're going to just fucking hold their coat instead of <laughs> instead of paying for the coat check. Well, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to walk around now with your fucking North Face or your fucking trench because you don't want to cough up the $10? Why the fuck you come out? Or the person when you go up to the bar and you order a drink. Okay, that'll be $18. $18? Like, look, yeah, it's an exorbitant amount to, to charge for a cocktail, but shut the fuck up. Pay the money and then just don't buy another one. What are you making a scene for? I hate that shit. I hate cheap people. I hate that. Because it's like, most of the time, these cheapskates, it's like, no one wants to be 100. No one wants to be their authentic selves. Tell me you ain't got the fucking money. If I say, hey, let's go out and get drinks. All you gotta do is say, yo, I ain't, I'm fucking broke. One of my best friends, he is, he hit us really, really, he hit a really, really rough patch. He really fucking did. And I would always ask him to go out. Let's go out, let's get some beers, let's get some wings, let's go to the movies. And he would say, yo, I ain't got it. I am poor. I have no money. And guess what? Then the ball's in my court. So if I stress, you know what? I do want you to come out and I'm, I'm going to cover you. Then that's on me. That's fine. I can eat that shit. But don't say okay and the tab come and it's that fucking meme where Diddy and old dude are just looking at each other. When the bill come, I'm looking at you, you looking at me. Are you fucking kidding me? Look. Stop being fucking cheap. If you ain't got it, don't have it. But... It falls in line with motivation because if your friends are doing well or they're able to do this and do that, and if you're doing the best you possibly can for yourself, you may ha- you may be able to go out. But once again, I know people with a lot of money in the bank and they just cheap as fuck. I have a really good friend who's cheap. He's the cheapest motherfucker I know. He cheap as shit. And I know he's listening to you, cheap motherfucker. 
Just cheat. Just cheat. Thank God he married a woman who was not cheap. Just cheat. I went out to dinner with them once. And she opted to pay for my meal. And he just looked at her like she had lost her mind because his wife was paying for my meal. One of his childhood friends. Just cheap. Just just cheap as fuck. Ugh. Moving on. I'm sorry. I'm moving at a very fast pace this episode. Number one, because I can't have multiple cocktails because of, you know, whatever the fuck. But also, I have guests coming this week. One of my in-laws. I should do an episode about in-laws. I think I am going to do an episode about in-laws. I am. Don't get me wrong. I am. I, I lucked out by in-laws. They they adore me. Mostly because I I just put the great pain on myself. Meaning I mute the fuck out of everything this is. When they met me, they didn't meet no motherfucking savage. They met whatever the West Coast version of me was at the time. And I keep that shit. I'm very polite. Very well-mannered. Well, I'm polite anyway. But I'm very, I, I'm very, I'm not as opinionated. I keep that shit. They don't need to know who the fuck. They don't know what the fuck. They don't need to know what the fuck this is. They don't. I think there's probably two people in this family that actually know exactly who I am. And one of the two are coming. They're the ones who are coming. He actually got me drunk once and then looked me in the face and told me he was voting for Trump. And he can't wait till all these immigrants get the fuck out of here. I'm joking. He didn't say that. But he did uh, see me in a um, in a more realistic light. So I always enjoy having people around that allow me to be my authentic self because I'm a lot. I understand that. So I have to get the guest bedroom halfway decent. I gotta do my nails. I'm rambling. So number one, I think we all know what number one is, but here's the beauty of it. No one ever wants to admit it. No one, even myself, you never want to admit this. Number one is jealousy. Jealousy. That's what it is. When someone is consistently not happy for you, when they don't support you, these are all traits that you can all just take from the very beginning and bring it all to where we are now. If you know someone, every time you're talking to them, they're, they're toxic. They are doing the most. They're always like demanding a lot of attention. They're, they're doing the least. They're not putting enough effort into you. They're, they're being selfish all the fucking time. It's always about them. They're entitled. They think that you, that they, that, that you owe them something. They, they, they're not loyal to you. They're not reliable to you. Okay. Why? Let me tell you something, especially with the advent of social media, people are looking at what you are doing in a different light and they feel like they're running a race, not their own personal race, but they think everything is a fucking competition and it's not. Look, I love healthy, spirited encouragement. You know, one my, my best friend, every step she takes, I'm like, let me keep the fuck up with this bitch because I ain't about to be the broke one. And that's healthy. That's good. That drives us all to be better. But when people are looking at you and looking at what they got, and instead of being motivated, they just scowl. If someone that you know and you love and you've known for years, but they can never be happy for you. And this is, and, and I know I, I keep key and I bullshit, but this shit is serious in the motherfucker because a lot of us have friends that are jealous of us and we don't even fucking know it because you don't even want to entertain the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, the decent people. You never want to entertain the fact that someone is not happy for you genuinely. You never want to actually think that someone you know and love is not for you 100%. They're actually looking at you like, uh. And not like jealous, like, damn, I wish I had that. But like envious. Like, fuck them. Why do they have that? That's the difference. We all can be a little jealous sometimes. You know, a girl, you know, your homegirl, she gets married, but she she met a guy and he's, he's a multimillionaire. And you're a guy working at Radio Shack. And Radio Shack is defunct, so it means your man is unemployed. So you look at her like, damn, you know, she met a man with money. You could be a little jealous of that. That's fine. But to look at her and be like, 
I mean, she need fine. And, you know, she sucked a whole bunch of dick in college. So I don't know why the fuck she got him. You see the difference? When you when you can never be happy or when that same girl comes up to you and say, oh my God, we got engaged, shows you her engagement ring and you say, I mean, I don't think that's real. That's envious. I'm going to give you the best definition. I, ne- I, I will never fucking, girl, I just slapped my fucking thigh. That's how serious I am. I never fucking forget this. I will never, I had a friend. And they were a newer friend that I had made after college. I had came back home and they were a really good person. They're really cool. And we, uh, we had worked together back when I was bartending. And for those who don't know, yes, I went to bartending school. I was a bartender for a hot second. So that I'm not just a regular Joe Schmo about these cocktails. Like I have a passion for it. I have a base knowledge for it, even though I ain't fucking bartending in years. The game has changed since I've been around, but that's where it comes from. And I stopped bartending. Obviously, obviously I have my degree and shit. So I got started working in my career and I got my own place. Oh, my own fucking place. This is, this is going to encompass everything. Let's break this shit down. Got my own apartment. So excited. Two bedroom, one bathroom, a thousand square feet, Crown Point, Indiana, $775 a month. I can cry how cheap that shit was. (laughs) I can imagine. Jesus Christ. And this was back in 2010. No, this is 2011. 2011. This is, yep, 775. And when I got it, I had enlisted all of my friends to help me. You know, I needed help moving my furniture in. I needed help painting, like everything. I needed so much help. And they were, you know, my homeboys, they were there. I see y'all got peach and beer. They were there, cousins, in the fucking rain, sleet and snow, moving my shit into my place. That's reliability. That's that that's that's being there for you. That's support. That's loyalty. These are all things that that, that you see in a good friend when you needed them the most. And they were all there. You know, even one of my really good friends. I asked him to come over and help me paint. And I asked the other friend as well. The other friend didn't show up. They were just gone, whatever. But the other other friend, they showed up. They never, I didn't notice until after the fact. They never painted a day in their life because it was fucking up. And I was like, yo, have you never painted? And he was like, no, but, but they were there. And I just shut the fuck up and let, let them help. But the one friend who didn't show up to help me paint, didn't show up for shit. Didn't come with me shopping for my new place. Didn't, didn't do anything. At all. I was sending them like ideas as far as decorating. Because you know when you. After college when you get that first real place. Not that bullshit uh, apartment in college. Where you got roommates and it's kind of janky. And it's on off campus. And, that's, and it's in that stupid city. You didn't want to live in the first place. Fuck that. So. They didn't show up for any of this. When I moved in. When I decorated. None of this shit. The next month they finally showed up. And they walked in. Mind you this person's living at home with their mother. No, we both bartended together and I went from bartending with you, living at home with my mom, living, you were living at home with your mom. And now I got my own place and I got a job and I'm making salary. In the course of three, four months. I swear I should take a picture of my fucking cat trying to get into this room right now. He's like actually trying to get into this room and they walk into my place. Why you got these mirrors right here? I don't like that. This is the color you chose. I don't like that. I would have did this. I would have did that. Oh, you painted your bathroom this color? Who paints their bathroom? I mean, everything was a fucking read. And after all of that, I was like, yo, when you get your place, whenever you get your own place, you can decorate it however you like. But I like this. And at that moment, I realized they're fucking jealous. You envious of me. You're not with me. And you don't, you don't have my best interest at heart for you to come in and read this shit. Every other person, if they didn't help me move in, when they did come over, they bought housewarming gifts. They were supportive. And we all have to look at these things like red flags. You know, if someone's doing all this shit, they're not there for you. And you have to, I'm not going to say drop your friend, but you're going to have to just reiterate, revisit some things. You're going to have to think about it. Think about do I really need this person in my life? Should I have this person in my life? Because once again, after 30, the stakes are fucking high. They're high as fuck. You don't have time to have people in your life that are just not there or not genuine. 
or, or have ulterior motives. Everyone that's around me has to be here for me and for nothing else. Boom. I'm ready to eat this star fruit. So that's pretty much it. Um, I hope you all had a good time on the podcast. I fucking had a ball. This shit went by smoothly. Like most of the time I record, I record. It doesn't save. I get way too fucking drunk. Like this shit was optimum. This shit was, this, this felt good. So let me know how you feel about it. Um, once again, bring it back. If you're on iTunes, rate and review, please rate and review. Let me know how I'm, how, how I'm doing it, how this is going. If you're on Spotify, subscribe, follow this shit. I am giving you podcasts every week. And if I don't, it's because I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation at the end of May. So the content, you know, the podcast is going to stop for a little bit. It is what it is, but thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving all of this a chance. I I'm having so much interaction on the, on the Instagram page. It's almost, it's not just overwhelming, but it's, it's very positive. It is. I'm very happy about the support. I'm very happy about the interaction. I'm very happy about just everything I'm trying to create. And I'm happy about the response. So if there's anything you want me to focus on, if there's anything you want me to talk about, definitely feel free to DM me. I answer my DMs like a motherfucker. So DM me. If you want to be more anonymous, email at cocktailsandculture1 at gmail.com. That's at cocktailsandculture, the number one at gmail. Dot com. So thank you so much for sticking by me through all of this at this point. This is seven. This is the seventh episode. That's seven weeks of, of recording. And that's seven weeks of people just continuously tuning in. So thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for coming by to have fun with the culture and enjoy the cocktails and enjoy your shit. <laughs>